is Jay Jameson with Her Story Podcast. Her is an acronym for heroic, empowering, and resilient. And this is a self-improvement, self-acceptance, and women empowerment podcast. My main purpose is to encourage, empower, and motivate all women by highlighting their personal stories of triumph over adversity. Each of us has a story. Maybe it's an illness, a financial burden, or a dead-end job. In general, unforeseen circumstances can make you feel isolated or alone. But when you feel like you've hit rock bottom, it doesn't mean that it is the end of your story. It is within the darkest nights we produce the brightest stars. There are women out there who have gone through the very same barriers you are currently facing, but they didn't give up. In fact, they used their difficulties to mold them into strong and resilient women. And if they can break through their hardships, so can you. Because you are her, heroic, empowering, and resilient. Great morning, good people. Again, it is Jay Jameson with Her Story Podcast. Today's episode will highlight the HBCU experience. I am currently going to be interviewing Nakia Ali, who is a 2007 graduate from the North Carolina A&T State University with a degree in journalism. Now, as you all know, there is great pride in attending an HBCU. Notably, black students who attend HBCUs can learn around others who share the same experiences and explore college life without having the feelings or fear of being ostracized because of our cultural indifferences with others. I particularly enjoyed my HBCU experience because I came from a background of attending a predominantly white private school throughout my adolescent years. The HBCU experience for me allowed me to feel at home and find my voice. As a student at Southern University and A&M College, I was Miss Freshman, a member of SGA, an initiate of the Beta Psi chapter of Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated. I also found lasting friendships and a reliable network that later provided me with secure connections to propel my career. Although everyone's HBCU experience is different, we must share various stories to all those interested and opening to listening. So, Nikia, welcome to Her Story. Thank you so much for having me. I'm honored to be with you today. Yes, yes, awesome. So, um, I'm very excited just to listen to your story, to dive a little deeper into your experiences and what has shaped you into the awesome career woman that you are today. So, um, currently... Yes, yes. Before we get started, shout out your city. Where Where are you currently right now? Uh, I was born and raised in um, the Prince George's County area in Maryland, the DMV area, but specifically Prince George's County, Maryland. Um, that's where I was born and raised. That's where I currently live. I returned back here um, post-college. So, yeah, I came back home. Okay, awesome, awesome. Yes, I love when folks, you know, when we do have the opportunity to explore and move away, but we come back home, we get um share, you know, those resources and build from where we actually were raised and born. So um, that's super dope. And I know that, you know, currently you're a seasoned investigative analyst and spending the past three years serving as the branch thief of investigative analysis and division of advanced technology and analytics at the U.S. Department of Labor. In short, folks, she manages a team of investigative analysts who conduct investigative analysis from criminal complaints and allegations to determine patterns or trends and recommend appropriate action. Now, this is a very different career path from journalism. I know you also 
received your master's in business administration. So what initially sparked your interest within the investigative analysis position? You know, to be honest, um, the opportunity presented itself, and I took it. Um, I had graduated from North Carolina A&T at East High uh, in 2007 with a degree in journalism, like you said. And But at that point, to be honest, I had really kind of given up on the major. I wanted to change my major uh, my junior year, but I had come too far to uh, make that switch, so I just kind of kept pushing through. Um, so I did have that, that uh, kind of trial and tribulation in college was dealing with my major, but uh, initially really excited to be a journalism major, had, got halfway through and was like, I don't know, wasn't feeling it, but kept pushing through. So I knew I wanted to go to graduate school and get an um, a MBA because um, I've always been really good at consulting and, and um, strategies and efficiency and things like that. So I wanted to wrap those gifts and talents up in, up in um you know, the skills that I learned with getting the MBA. So uh, trickling into uh, the federal law enforcement career actually was, like I said, an opportunity that presented itself. I always personally uh, was interested in crime stuff. I was the girl that watched, you know, your Crime 360 and your first 48. Yeah, I was watching A Network all day long. Um, <clears throat> but never really uh, thought that that career path was for me. But the opportunity presented itself 11 years ago when I went to a uh, job fair, you know, with the federal agencies there, and um, met a soror. So I'm um, a member of Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated. So I met a soror there at the college fair, and, you know, she thought about me a few months later when an opportunity presented itself at Labor OIG, and I went through the interviewing process, and boom, I was, you know, an entry-level investigative analyst and over the last 11 years uh, with a few details to other agencies in between. Um, I worked my way up to, to be the branch chief of investigative analysis, so that's kind of how I got to where I am today. Awesome. So one thing, you know, shout out to the ladies of DST showing, you know, some D9 love, definitely. And I like that, you know, you pointed out that it was a process within your college career where you were just confused. You weren't sure what that major should be. And I think that that's important that we share that, right? A lot of times, young kids, young adults, they begin school and they may feel pressured, either pressure from their family members, from friends, from others telling them and dictating what major they should be interested in, rather than them really trying to explore and figure out what are their interests and what is the life they would wish to see or what makes them happy. And ironically, Nakia, when I was in college, well, I graduated um, majoring in political science, right? But I always wanted to major in journalism, ironically. <laughs> like. <laughs> And, you know, it was just the pressure and the influence of some of my older cousins. Um, You know, I, at one point, I thought that my career path, I thought I wanted to be a lawyer. And so I remember one of my older cousins was just like, no, if you want to be a lawyer, then you need to major in criminal justice or political science. That is what lawyers major in. And I was like, but, you know, I love to speak. I love to interview. I love to write. I was like, I really think that I want to be a journalist. He was like, nah, you need to be a political scientist scientist uh, major <laughs> and I was like okay whatever and it was like that the same feelings that you felt right like I was like you know what 
it's like my sophomore junior year at that point and um you know I I want to I want to finish in those four years so it's kind of like the fear of like switching my major and trying to see what will work out but I still stuck to it because although I did have interest in another major I was still very much so a political scientist in my own right when it came to terms of advocating and even somewhat lobbying on certain issues and organizing on campus and um, being interested in SGA and just like the policies and the politics of university um, situations and issues that were going on, you know, and that even led me again to to pledge AKA to run for Miss Freshman, Miss Southern and SGA and all of those things. And ironically, when I went to grad school, I majored in public administration. And so these things led me and helped me shape my career. Right now, I do a lot of policy and advocacy for nonprofits, managing different campaigns, and really just being the voice for um, folks who are underrepresented, particularly our black and brown communities. But it's those shared experiences, had I not thought about it, had I not tried to connect the dots, I really do think that I would not have been in this career path that I'm in now. And ironically, it's my passion. I love it and I love doing it. So, um, yeah, yeah, definitely, you know, anyone that's listening, don't be afraid to, you know, um, go into another career path. And it, even though it doesn't directly connect to what your major was, because nine times out of 10, no one really, you know, ends up doing what they thought they were going to do anyway. <laughs> you know, you figure it yeah, out. And, you know, <laughs> and, and, you know I, even though, so I, I went into Dylan because I, I have a deep passion reading, I love writing, I love talking, I love conversations, so it's just like, yeah, sure, this is perfect for me, um, and then when I really got into, like, the major, major stuff, and they were talking about, like, different parkets, and so I was thinking, like, I'm going back home to the D.C. area, and I'm gonna kill it, and it's like, no, sweetie, like, it don't really work out like that, you might have to go to, like, a small, small town somewhere, you know, and I, and I just panicked, and I was like, wait, I don't know if I can do this, I don't know if this is what I can do, um, and really wanted to switch to nursing, which is, like, completely on the opposite, like, spectrum right. of things, but, you know, but still push through, and then, you know, honestly, the skills that I learned in, in college, just the foundation, just the writing skills, the communication skills, the leadership skills, I mean, all of those things transcend into uh, my career no matter what industry I'm in. Definitely. And, you know, it, and it's important that folks also know it's like there shouldn't be somewhat of a box within your career in terms of things that you can do, you know, um, because going back to my um interest in journalism like just last week you know I published an an op-ed that got a lot of media attention and you know local news and different newspapers and just to say that you know I didn't finish in journalism right but I'm still sharing those experiences and things that have put me in um in in different doors and um still being able to be a voice and a community voice and so you know it's it's clear that you are definitely a force to be reckoned reckon with within your career. <laughs> um, you know, you mentioned that, you know, you're a, a two-time recipient of the U.S. Department of Labor Secretary's Honor Awards. And my thing is, you know, as a black woman and just as a woman, how were you able just, just to create your own seat and just stand out within your career? You know, it, it is hard. Um, it is very difficult. I work in a very... Um, predominantly white um, male work environment. 
Um, and initially going into the workforce, I can't lie, like, I, I was kind of like, I felt like I got hit with a cute, like, got knocked out. Because I just, you know, I, I grew up in TV County, which is a predominantly black county um, in, in this area. And, you know, so I went to a black schools, grade schools, and I went to a historically black college. And I wouldn't change that path for the world. But I went into the workforce, and I was just like, eh. it was just kind of like, what is, you know, what is going on? How do I interact with these people? How do I engage with these people? So I struggled a little bit the first couple of years, and then I realized um, that I had to pull into my A&T bag, my HBCU experience bag, and, and really just kind of pull that confidence of my, of everything that they poured into me, that, that pride and that royalty and that tradition and all of those things where just, I knew that I was worthy. And, um, you know, I just carry that around with me literally every day to keep me grounded in my purpose, to keep me grounded in my mission, to do a good job and to be a good representation because um, it is difficult. And, and, you know, they oftentimes, you know, people try to, you know, orbit around you um, because they, they think they can or they have a certain type of privilege. But, when you know, it's just kind of to the point when you get to a point in your career where I've gotten to a, to a point in my career where, you know, I professionally call people out like I see it and I make sure that my, my vision and my purpose is understood and heard. And, um, you know, it took some time to get there, but uh, definitely the, my community, my network, my experience in college has allowed me to uh, push through the way I have through some of these adversities as a woman, yeah, as a black woman. Yes, yes, definitely. And like you said, there's nothing like that HBCU experience, that foundation that really allows you to just dig deep and find your passion in your voice. And, um, you know, you also a multifaceted businesswoman. I love it. I love to see it. Again, I love <laughs> when someone isn't just confined to just, you know, one box and um, yeah. really just interested in exploring. So you are also the co-founder and COO of the Ali Group LLC, which is a real estate investment and management firm. And you said, you know, you're located in the Washington, D.C. metro area. So, th- again, this is something that, is is it necessarily connected to your career or what your major was or anything like that? So what inspired you, one, to create your own business, right? And just how can you manage between being a businesswoman, having your career, ha- having the role of being a wife and a mother? Because I know many women also have wear these many different hats. And sometimes people may have just a fear of branching out and doing something, creating something new because they have they wear so many hats. So how are you able to balance? And what helped you in determining um, creating your own business? Um, yeah, so my, my professional career is amazing and, and it pays well. Um, and it's created the lifestyle that I have, but I cannot say that it's my passion. Um, but what my passion is, is uh, pouring into the community in every way possible that I can. And um, along with that is my passion for real estate. Uh, so, and of course, creating generational wealth for my family, which is the overall mission. So my husband and I, um, we've been married to my husband for 11 years. He's also an Aggie. I met him in college. Um HBCU love story. Love it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So we um, decided to create a, well, 
we ended up renting our house. We bought a house, and then we decided to move in with my mom to pay off student loans. So we went and started renting our house out, and we gained some property management experience from that. And we realized, like, hey, we can do this. We're really good at it. Um, so we started doing that about five, six years ago, um, and you know, created the business and kind of started to expand from that. So the whole point was really to, you know, have property and real estate um, to move for our children to create generational wealth, um, to create something that our kids can, uh, you know, have to run when we leave here. Um, it's really just the opportunity also to build, build up a community to, you know, put you know, homes and people in homes where they're safe and they're sound and it's managed properly, you know, slumlord kind of stuff going on over here. So, uh, but it was really just an opportunity for us to, you know, scratch some of our personal passions, which is pouring into our community, create general, generational wealth for our family, um, and just, you know, get into this real estate game. So that's kind of how we got here with that. Yes, and like you said, the the real focus is creating generational wealth. And I think that folks that are listening, like it's important that we have to see the bigger picture. And what I mean by that is, you know, often when we um, get married or um, when we graduate college, like, you know, we want the the large home and we want to buy um, a property, but like imagine this certain lifestyle where you were able to secure your property but again you moved in like you said with your mom or with your parents so that you can then rent out this property pay off your student loans like there were different things in place that you were able to do and that you saw necessary to do until you made that initially made that um you know that bigger step and it helps you then realize that hey, we're good at this. This is something that we can do again. We can buy something else. We can develop and pour into our community. And in the process, we are securing enough income and generational wealth to pass down to our family. So, you know, it's important that we see the bigger picture and what that ending result is. Um, and again, I'm, I'm going to say that that is that HBCU experience that helped you, you know, help both of you kind of see that. Because often, how many times within uh, our HBCUs, you know, we're not given the same um, resources as other state institutions, but we make it work and we we, we survive and we create grand opportunities, right? That That's that beauty within that um, experience. So um, what advice would you give a young lady that's interested in attending an HBCU? You know what? I would say go for it. I mean, for me, I didn't I didn't look at anything else. I knew that's where I belong. Um, and yet, the year before I went, so I transferred into North Carolina A&T and the school that I went to uh, previously, um, I was absolutely depressed. Um, I cried every day almost my second semester there. And I just woke up one day and I was like, I'm applying to A&T and I'm going to get in. And once I hit the campus, it was just like, it felt like the forever family reunion. Like, it just right. felt like the home. aunties and uncles. It, it was home. You know, they ain't take no mess. You know, they, they looked out for me. It was felt like that tough love kind of um, environment. And, you know, you have peers. I mean, just all types of, all just every type of black you can imagine. And it's just beautiful. And um, to witness that and to see that, you know, a, a, a community 
community of people coming together to be educated, to thrive, to be a representation of the culture. It's just, you know, amazing. It was just breathtaking for me, and it, it, it gave me everything, literally everything I needed to persist, um, to push through, to grind, to, you know, um, just do everything I needed to do to get to where I needed to go. And don't get me wrong, you know, like life has, you know, those downward spirals where you have to learn how to pivot. You want to get those experiences there too. So I would encourage any young lady or male to, you know, really, really consider going to an HBCU and, um, and you know, just, just if not, just go to a, a, a college tour and just see it and feel it. Um, you know, I, I was surprised to hear that a lot of like HBCUs aren't on a lot of people's radar. Um, and even even in 2020, I'm just like, wow, that's amazing. Right. Uh, so I just think it's really important to have this conversation to let people know, like, the, the HBCU experience, the education, the love, all of the community, the network, all of it is real, it's strong, um, and it's important for you to be a part of. Yeah, it's definitely important for us to be uh, a part of, you know, as right as we are right now in society and throughout the country, just the feel and the movement of, you know, black lives being a part of the movement and black lives mattering and black love and just the embodiment of just being pro-black. It's also important for us that we need to pour back into our HBCU institutions. These um, colleges and universities were created when we didn't see another way. You know, we, again, provide an opportunity for our people to excel, to exceed, and to create um, experiences that can really, truly last a lifetime, that it's enriched with so much love and tradition. And, um, you know, it's so much greater, even than some of the things that we see on TV. You know, of course, I really admire and I love different TV shows, like, you know, like A Different World. And then you had the different, like, the Stump the Yards. And uh, what was the the Nick Cannon movie? I can't I can't even remember. Oh, Drumline. Drumline. Yeah, I'm you know. You, that was it. That was it for me. That's yeah. what I was like, you know what? I'm going to A&Z. Yes, yes, yes. It is just like, you know, I love being able to see all of those things and the great thing about it is that's only a taste of it you know that's not even really capturing the full experience but it's like living that for every day for four years it it was just it's such an amazing feeling um so I really do I appreciate you and I thank you for taking your time out today just to give us some insight of your career choices and what led you there and how that HBCU experience really laid the foundation for you throughout all of this. And um, one last thing I just wanted, you know, want you to share or highlight, you know, if folks are interested in your business or investment properties within the DMV area, is there a way for them to connect with you? Absolutely. So um, I can be reached on Instagram at Nix, N-I-X, Ali, A-L-L-I. Um, you can also find a the Ali Group, LLC, on Instagram as well. Um, and, yeah, you can contact, you find us on Instagram. You can get all the other information you need there, honestly. Awesome, awesome. Well, thank you again, <laughs> Nakia. You were great. Thank you. Thank you. This was really cool.
Right. So folks, you know, in closing, always remember your story is not solely for you. It is meant to be shared with other women and provide hope to those facing similar situations. You don't have to be ashamed and you definitely don't have to be afraid to share your story. You are a victor, a winner, and you will not be defeated. You declare growth and prosperity over your life and troubles don't last always. You are brilliant, bold, and beautiful. You are her, heroic, empowering, and resilient. So audience, you know, if you were impacted, encouraged, motivated in any way, please tell a friend to tell a friend and share her story podcast. It is um, available on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, and Google Play. And again, this is Jay Jameson with Her Story Podcast, and we're out.